welcome to the Above and Not Beneath podcast. I'm Robin Sears, your host, and I'm excited to take you on a journey towards discovery and inspiration. We'll meet extraordinary women who have overcome incredible obstacles, and throughout the series, you'll be uplifted by their resilience and motivated by their unwavering courage as they forge a new path forward. We'll also explore the organizations that support and stand alongside them in their journey. So get ready to be empowered and join us as we dive into the world of these brave women. Vivia Cummins, thank you so much for joining me today on the Above and Not Beneath podcast. I am grateful to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I am also excited about this conversation as we were just talking about. Um, so we'll we'll dive in in a minute. But would you just mind introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So my name is Vivian Cummins and, uh, originally I'm from Oklahoma. My husband is retired air force. So I've had the pleasure of living all over the place in uh, Germany and Asia and, uh, many, many stateside bases as well. Um, I'm also a, a federal career employee and I've been doing that for oh, almost 25 years now. So I work full time. Um, I never had children of my own. However, I'm a bonus mom to my husband's two now adult kids. So I had the pleasure of uh, co-parenting with him uh, over, I don't know, goodness gracious, since since they were nine and uh, seven. So long time. And I have five bonus grandbabies. And so they call me Glammy because I, I, uh, I was became a grandma kind of early on and didn't feel like grandma fit very good. So my daughter came up with glammy and it stands for glamorous granny. So I'll take it. That's right. That's right. I'll take it. it. Yeah. So, um, so in my spare time, I have started dabbling in some writing and, uh, I'm really passionate about discovering uh, this journey that I'm on about perfectionism and control and uh, balance. And so I've, uh, over the last couple of years, been been dabbling in some writing, working on a book, and I have recently la- launched a, a website and doing some devotions for you version. So just trying to, it's a journey for me. So a lot of the writing that I do is, is very helpful for myself and I hope for others as well. Yeah. Um, I love the power of writing, the reflective. Yes. The ability to see things in uh, that beautiful 2020 hindsight uh, and how it really can shape and shift our thoughts surrounding whatever the circumstance might be. Yeah, I do too. You know, uh, one thing I I didn't mention, but I'm also a cancer survivor. And uh, one of the things um, that I, I did when I was going through that journey was I joined a cancer uh, writers group. Mm-hmm. And that was so therapeutic. And, um, and, and lots of times we just wrote about how we felt that day and then shared it with the group. And it was just very therapeutic and, and got me through a pretty rough spot in my life. So yeah, I agree. That's writing is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, you mentioned this journey of, of perfectionism. And, um, so can you just give us a little bit of background on how that surfaced for you? Just this needing to write about perfectionism and uh, what yeah. that's meant in yeah. your life. 
I've dealt with it my whole life, but I didn't realize I was dealing with that. Um, it's only been over the last about three years that I've really um, started to understand that this was a problem for me. Mm-hmm. So I have been always been very um, a go getter. You know, I climbed the ladder at work very quickly, very at a very young age. I burned out very quickly and at a very young age. Um, and so I just never really realized that, but I knew I was under a tremendous amount of stress and sick all the time and and things of that nature. Um, I, I did have an experience, like I said, I, I did, um, have cancer a while back ago, and that's really what put me on this journey of just, you know, I am a Christian. So just kind of rededicating my life and my faith and, uh, giving that, giving up that control to God. And then, you know, during this time, he's really helped me to uncover the underlying reasons behind the perfectionism. And so I started kind of looking into my life as to, okay, where did this start? And my earliest memory is when I was five and uh, I'm in kindergarten. And I remember, you know, back back in the day, I don't know if they do it now still, but used to get to take naps at work or excuse me, at work (laughs) at school. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so we each had our own little mat and uh, we would all lay down and, and take naps. And this particular memory, I was trying to get my mat to lay straight. So it was kind of like a a towel type thing. And so every time that I would fan it to lay down, it would ripple And I remember doing that over and over, trying to get it to lay flat, and I couldn't get it to do that. And my teacher yelled at me in front of the other students and said, if I did it one more time, that I was going to get a spanking. And so obviously I laid down on it, but I'm kind of trying to iron it out with my arms and legs because it wasn't perfect. It was still rippled. And I remember very, very distinctly being so angry with my teacher for making me do that. And it wasn't because she yelled at me or threatened me or anything like that. It was that she, I had to accept mediocrity. I had to accept that this wasn't perfect. And I hated her for that. I was so angry at her for that. And that memory just really surfaced over the last couple of years as I'm on this journey, trying to understand my own um, need, if you will, for perfectionism. So it started back five years old, as early as I can remember. Yeah, it's amazing um, just how those childhood experiences really impact us. And it's not until you start to unpack whatever this is yeah, that they really start to surface and then you allow yourself to process the experience and heal the experience and offer forgiveness. Right. You know, and some empathy and compassion, not only for yourself, but for your teacher who probably had a full of 25 kids and it was, (laughs) I know (laughs) mass chaos most day, day. bad day for her possibly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, you just don't know, but, um, it is interesting how when you really start to dig into these things that surface, that oftentimes there is something from your childhood that bubbles up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so as you've kind of gone through life and you've seen this surface in other areas, um, just tell us a little bit about what it means to you to really start to unpack um, perfectionism and how it's, um, you know, just created, you know, chaos in your own life. Right. 
Right. So, you know, as I, as I look back on my life, there's so many other areas that, as I said, as I'm going through this, this journey, God's just placing these thoughts into my mind about, um, you know, when I was anywhere from, I don't know if it was like sixth grade through ninth grade or something like that. I shifted my, my perfectionism to my hair and I was just, um, it just absolutely controlled everything about me. So in the mornings I'd get, I came from Oklahoma and I can't remember, I think you're in the South as well. And it's very humid there. And I would struggle with my hair just being this flat, gross hair. And I would try to fix it in the morning. It wouldn't fix right. I would rewash it. And it was just compulsion, just overdoing it, overdoing it, overdoing it. And I would be late for school. There were some days that I would be in such hysterics because I couldn't get it to look right. And my mom, she would just call me in sick because now I've already made myself sick. I'm in hysterics over the, over this. And it, and, and it seems so silly. I mean, my husband, you know, and I talk about it, he's like, I, I can't believe you did that, you know? And I'm like, it, it's crazy. The things that it can make you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a, a season where I was developing very quickly um, as a, as from being a little girl to becoming a woman. And I was was not comfortable in my own skin. And so I wore a lot of baggy shirts um, to kind of hide that. And the dresses that I wore, they were not form fitting. They were kind of baggy. And there were times where my dad would tell me, go put a belt on, you look like a slob. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that I think back to that and I'm just like, gosh, dad, you know, what a horrible thing to say to a developing female, you know, because I was trying to hide something that I was very insecure about. And, um, so those kinds of things were, were happening. And then as I got older, I started, my perfectionism really started going into my work. So, um, I joined the workforce immediately after high school. I didn't go to college right away. Um, but it was just that striving to, to have everything perfect in turning in assignments, I would struggle. I would redo them. I would rewrite them to make sure that they were perfect, which would make me sometimes turn things in late. And so I, you know, was starting to look like I wasn't a good employee in the beginning because I was taking so long to turn in assignments and projects and stuff. And so, you know, as I've, um, matured, (laughs) you know, I still, I still do some of that, Um, but I'm also aware of, you know, timelines and things like that. So, so I'm able to control it in that sense. So, yeah, I can't remember the rest of your question. I'm going to circle back to you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, just, I think the areas of perfectionism, like you've kind of mentioned, they shift, right? So, um, and as we change, they just kind of evolve with us. And I think one of the things you and I were talking about is just the, like when we start to notice this and we can label exactly what this is, mm-hmm. um, do you have a, uh, an experience or a time where you remember like, huh, this is actually like, I'm struggling with this. I didn't realize that what I was doing is perfectionism. I thought I was just trying to show up and be a good employee. Yeah. 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 And I would say that is one of the things that I'm, I'm learning now to recognize over this past three years, when I'm really trying to pinpoint that a lot of this has come from childhood, 
And, uh, you know, again, I'll go back to my dad. I, my, my dad is a perfectionist and, um, I remember, you know, watching him do things and get very angry when he couldn't do them well. And, you know, when he would get angry, that would scare me obviously. And so, so I'm very much like him and that behavior has been learned there. And so I find myself when I'm mostly with my writing, because writing for me is it, it, I'm very vulnerable. So when I write things, especially because I write a lot of, of uh, Christian nonfiction, I write a lot of things that I know about, which is, you know, perfectionism, pride, <laughs> control, those kinds of things. That makes me very vulnerable, right? And so if I'm putting myself, my words out there, I want them to be it's going to put me maybe in a bad light in, in my opinion. Right. And so I want to write in a way that can uh, spare me that if you will, but um, I am learning to just let it out. Yeah. You know, I have people that edit it and they help me get it out. And the thing is, is that the authenticity of it has been so helpful because I get many people coming back to me saying, you said it you said what I was thinking. And I'm like, well, it was embarrassing for me to admit that, but if it helps someone, then so be it. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing is that I think, you know, on a, on a human level as you know, you know, as women, like we are literally all struggling with some version of the exact same thing. Yeah. And when we allow ourselves to go to that place of vulnerability and like I struggle with perfectionism and here's how I see it show up in my life mm-hmm. or I struggle with control and here's how it shows up in my life and here's the damage that it causes, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. We, we kind of move into that or from, I shouldn't say we, I'm not going to lump you in. <laughs> <laughs> I move into those categories of my life when I feel like there's other things that I can't control. Right. Mm-hmm. So that I become mm-hmm. very rigid mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in certain things in my life and things must be done a certain way. And when I start to, and my body will also tell me what's happening because oh, I yes. feel it in my yes. body. Definitely. And, and for me, the healing and the awareness didn't really start to come about until I started to recognize that I wasn't feeling a lot emotionally other than mm-hmm. stress, anger, and frustration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I started to peel those onions mm-hmm. and look at, well, why am I not feeling things? You know, right. why am I, I'm not, I like, what is going on here? Like, I feel like, you know, I've always been a you know kind and compassionate person, but why am I not feeling things? Why am I only feeling anger? Right. And it's because I was sitting in this bucket of like I have to control these things. Well, what am I needing to control? Is it right. my image, my reputation? Is it, you know, something work-related or personal? When I started to pull those onion layers back and offer myself empathy and compassion, when I was noticing, oh, I really spoke very harshly to my husband about something that was really stupid. Yeah. And because I needed to control the narrative or I needed right. to control the outcome. Right. And so what did I just do? Well, I just damaged my relationship. Right. So now I need to go apologize. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but also offer myself some grace and mercy Yeah. as, you know, I'm evolving through that process. And I think that's kind of what I hear you saying. It's like you're, you've seen these things, themes surface in your life. 
Mm-hmm. And now you're writing about them and other women are saying, Hey, like I experienced this too. Thank you mm-hmm. for being honest and vulnerable because I don't think often enough as we're, as women that we acknowledge that right. first of all, right. and you know, I know for myself as I've aged and my children are all adults now that building new relationships with women has been a challenge, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like I work and, you know, I do some networking, but actually building authentic relationships is a challenge. Right. And I think what you said about just sort of laying it out there and allowing yourself to be authentic is really the key yeah. to that there. And just saying yeah. this is what I struggled with. It, it really is. And it's, it's very helpful for me too, right? Because I'm, I'm acknowledging it. And I think that's very key is that we have to acknowledge it. And then, as you said, for, forgive ourselves, forgive, you know, if something happened in the childhood, like, you know, I, I don't have any ill will towards my dad or anything like that, but, you know, I will say that I've had to forgive him because I know that there has been some anger there over the years um, that some of his tendencies have kind of come on to me. And so um, one of the things I think that's been so precious over the last three years is that as God is showing me these areas of my life, um, he's giving me grace to forgive myself. And I always go back to that little girl in fifth in um, that five-year-old little girl in kindergarten, because she was so innocent. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it, it just helps me to visualize her that this is, this is who she is and to give her compassion and love and to help her and give her what she needs in order to overcome this perfectionism. Um, for me, it's always been about, and, and I like how you talk about peeling back the layers because what I'm discovering in my own journey is it's never been necessarily about me needing to be perfect. It's me needing you to think I'm perfect. Yeah. And so I, and that has a lot to do with, you know, acceptance and, and things of that nature and craving that. Um, but I put myself through an exercise recently. So one of the things that, um, when I grew up, I always had to have my bed made. That was, that was the rule. You make your bed before you go to school. And so to this day, I make that bed and if I'm running late, I'm still making that bed. So (laughs) Lord help me sometimes, you know, I work from home now, but you know, if I was running late, that just meant that I had to drive a little bit faster to get to work. (laughs) Lord help me. Um, but now it's like, okay, I'm making that bed. So I guess I just don't get breakfast this morning. So I make time for that. And so I put myself through this exercise and thought, okay, if I don't make the bed, like who care, who's going to care? And if I was the last person on earth and I didn't make my bed, no, I'm not going to care. I don't care. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of helped me to realize that the reason why I'm doing it, number one, out of habit, number two, I don't want my husband to come home and see the bed not made. So then I had to kind of question myself, okay, why is that? Well, because I don't want him to think that I'm a lazy or a bad housewife or whatever the case may be. And so it's that perception that I'm craving. And so now that I know that I can work on that. And so there's days I purposefully do not make the bed and it's very hard and it just makes my stomach flop when I leave the house knowing it's not made, but it's, it's teaching me that it's okay. It's totally okay. So I'm just doing those little things. 
Yeah. Just to allow yourself some space there. Mm -hmm. And I love that putting your, giving yourself some exercises to help you process through the letting go. Cause it is Mm -hmm. a letting, it is a letting go. Right. Um, Right. And I love when you mentioned, um, thinking about yourself as the five-year-old, five-year-old little girl and giving her the support that she needs. uh, An exercise I like to do with my coaching clients where you take a picture and you look at yourself as a young child, like under the age of 10, and you make a list of all of the things that you see in that child. And, that. and you, and you, and, and like all of the lovely, you know, like, oh, I have like a, a smirk on my face. I look like I'm up, uh, like I'm, a, I'm up to no good, or you know, I've probably been torturing my sister, or, you know, um, but I'm kind and I'm funny and I'm empathetic mm-hmm. and all of these kind of I am statements, yes. which actually reconditions our subconscious yes, and helps us break, you know, the, these um, disbeliefs or these um, negative beliefs that we have about ourselves. Yeah. And I often talk about them as the lies that we believe, like mm-hmm. the world has told us all these mm-hmm. lies and we adapt them um, unconsciously to be yeah. our truth. And once you start to unravel, it's like, huh, why have I always done things this way? Because the world told me that I needed to show up this way. Exactly. exactly. But do I actually, you know, I don't, I don't think I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would happen? Like you did letting go of making the bed. What would happen if I let go of that? Is the world going to end? Right. So am right. I going to like lose my family and my job? No, no, no. Yeah. I've asked my husband, I have a business trip coming up soon. And I said, are you going to make the bed while I'm gone? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. I didn't think so, but I mean, ever make just, the bed he just doesn't gone. care. Yeah. So I was putting so, so much pressure on myself and making myself run late And you know how that is when you're running late, you're just frazzled and crabby and everything goes wrong. I was doing that to myself, you know, and for no reason. So yeah, yeah. And that's good. And, you know, leave it to a husband be like, it doesn't matter. Like, why are you so hard up over this? Yeah. (laughs) My husband is so laid back. I, oh, I aspire to be like that someday. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Ditto. Ditto. Um, So Vivian, tell us what you mentioned. You're doing some writing Mm -hmm. and you are working on a book. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you, what do you have coming up that you can share with us? Well, the book is in the beginning stages. Um, So, so I'm, still trying to, uh, to, to put that together. So the one thing that, um, I am doing that folks can find is, um, the U version app. Um, there's some devotions out there. I, I really enjoy writing the devotions. They not only help me, um, but I enjoy just kind of digging deep into the scripture about what God says about us, about who we are. Um, and then also about, perfectionism. You know, what is, what does the Bible say about perfectionism? What does the Bible say about balance? And I think we would be really surprised to see that, um, all the striving that we're doing day in and day out, that's, we were never called to do that. <laughs> um, so if, if folks want to go to uh, my website, it's viviancummins.com. Um, they can visit those, uh, there's links to all of those things there. There's also links to some other writings that I have out there that they can go and take 
take a look at. Um, also, too, um, there's a, another site that's connected to my website that allows people to share their own stories. Um, it's called Memory Blogger, and I developed that just to kind of get other people's voices in the room. What are you going through and what's helping you? And whether it's a memory, a testimony, a, you know, whatever the case may be, that's a place that they can write their own story and get it published. And hopefully it helps someone else, too. Oh, I love that idea so much. The shared community of yeah. your own stories and the how much that must resonate with others. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of learned that from my journey going through the cancer and, and writing with some some other folks. And it's um it's so it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So yeah. No, I can I can envision how impactful that, that must be. Thank you. So Vivian, I always like to um, end with words of encouragement. A lot of the women that I do work with are um, really come from some, some dark places and they are fighting for themselves and they are fighting for their children, for their futures. And they have made incredible strides. And, um, you know, we've all kind of been in that dark place at one point in time or another. And, um, could you, what would you, what words of encouragement would you offer to somebody who's maybe really struggling right now? Yeah. So we kind of touched on it a little bit already, but you're not alone. You know, we feel like when we're going through something that we're the only person that is going through it or has ever gone through it. And I'm going to tell you all the the last couple of years, I mean, I went through a very deep depression mm -hmm. um, and with the anxiety and, you know, with cancer and everything, I was totally out of control with that. Right. And so very deep, uh, even though I had a very supporting, loving husband that was here with me, it felt very alone. Right. So just reaching out um, through communities like this and uh, through your church or whatever the case may be, and just know that you're not alone and, and it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to, to tell your story because I guarantee that there's someone else out there that's going through the same thing and would love to hear that you're um, that you've come through it. Right. And I'm one of those success stories that, you know, not only survived cancer, but I'm surviving this whole uh, notion of perfectionism and control and uh, the other, I think, words of wisdom I think I could leave is just give yourself a break. You know, don't be so hard on yourself and love yourself. That's one of the things that I make a point to do. I used to do a lot of negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't do things the way I thought I should do it or whatever, I would say, oh, gosh, Vivian, you know, you should have done that better. I don't do that anymore. And so and it's not just about don't do negative self-talk, but flip the script a little bit and talk positively to yourself, encourage yourself, leave yourself cute little sticky notes telling yourself that, you know, you, you're worthy, you're, um, you're God's creation. You're, you know, you're going to do great things today. And so those are a couple of things that I do that I'd like to pass on to others. Yeah. I think that's great. Leave yourself the reminder. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's okay. You make a mistake. Yeah. You know what? The world is not going to end. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love it. Vivian, thank you so much for being such a voice of encouragement and, uh, and, and opening the door to allow others to step in and to share their stories on our platform. That's really beautiful. Uh, we'll leave where everyone can find you in the show notes so that they can go check out emotionals and read your blog and, and find you there. And Vivian, I just thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good day. You too.